0: Welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty, and I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher, tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of not leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. What's up, guys?
1: It's good to have you back in the hot seat. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've been... Busy with other ministry things the past couple weeks.
0: Yeah, the mission team and uh, Easter and such.
1: Yeah, and the week before that was the elders retreat. And, yeah. Yeah, and this past week we were at a conference on speaking clearly in a confused plainly. age, or plainly in a confused age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been
0: a whirlwind of a month. It's been good, but a whole lot of content and yeah. work. So this week's sermon was titled, Fitting. Did you just insult me? <laughs> From Hebrews seven twenty six to twenty eight, which is a the fitting
1: title, right? It's a fitting title.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it was a, a great direction for this passage, um, especially in helping bring to a close in some degrees as you set up chapter eight and where we're heading with covenant. Um, really, not just showing who Jesus was, but but where in the spectrum of us it, it fits. Hmm. so
1: yeah yeah you know i was going to end with uh and i cut this out of my notes at the last second so you can get it now that's what uh, piece is for <laughs> actually you can get this in the after hours show so if you sign up for patreon you can go uh you can get this part so
0: which is just minute 35 here <laughs> so
1: anyways uh i, I was going to end with jesus is fitting and yes i just insulted you and then i had this in my notes the prideful shall feel insulted, while the humble shall hear grace. There you go. That was going to be the end of my my notes. I don't have anything more to say about that.
0: Well, it's very Puritan-esque, so could have just closed the book after that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, this week, uh, real briefly, the, the points were you have a need. His person was fitting. His work was fitting. And then is it fitting to you?
1: Yeah, and technically, You Have a Need was not a point, but it somehow made it as a point in your... That's because it was your first point. (laughs) it's because my my intros are usually a little long.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, that's my first point. Mm -hmm. I have a need, and he was fitting for it. So, uh, as we head into this week, kind of really the summary statement that you had in your intro was that you have a need. This isn't the first point, this is just... The main point, It's my thesis. Uh Which is a point. Uh, You have a need strikingly similar to the incredible need-meeting ability of your priest. And and so wrapped up in that is some expectation that we are, as you said, even as you um, were given the the sermon listening pro tip, we need to remember everything that we've been talking about with the priest. Mm -hmm. Because all of the needs-meeting stuff is even coming up more clearly as we look at the covenant. And so it's time to have that nailed down Mm uh this is one of the challenges as we talk about journeying together through the scriptures is it's like yeah we can increasingly learn these things but you're also supposed to be putting stakes underground Mm -hmm. as you go so i i I think that was helpful of saying that uh there's a priest that we're turning to and whatever priest you turn to reveals your perception of your needs and if you haven't figured out who your priest is yet then we'll have some serious issues yeah yeah so
1: yeah, it, it's it's key to to understand that when he says "fitting," he's he is talking about both sides of that word. Mm-hmm. To say something fits is to say something about the object and the other object to which it's married to. Mm-hmm. To say something's fitting, if this is, you know, if this square here is two inches by two inches and you're saying it's fitting to something else, let's assume for the moment it's filling a hole because it could be fitting in other ways. But if it's a 2-inch by 2-inch square, then you're also saying that the object it's fitting into has a 2-inch by 2-inch hole.
0: Uh, that's where the adage of a square peg into a round hole
1: yeah, yeah. comes from. Yeah, so if, it's, if this is 2-inch by 2-inch, and you over here say, well, but my hole is only 1-inch by 1-inch, well, then... Then that two-inch by two-inch square is not fitting to that hole.
0: Yeah, as we were talking about this as a staff, it reminded me of that toy ball that you get that's red and blue, and it has all those shapes that fit into it. And you have the special kid there that's got the star, and he's trying to fit it into the cross shape, the plus sign, and it just, mm-hmm. it's just it's going to be there a while, right? He's right. <laughs> got the wrong uh, mead needing for the need at hand, right? Yeah,
1: I I feel like all the gender confusion we have going on is and that, the fittingness of that is just because no one had that toy to play with. That's probably
0: true. Yes, uh, nature tells you right there in all of its yeah. manifest
1: ways. The star does not go into the square
0: hole. No, it does not. Okay. So, unless you, you use surgery. Yes. <laughs> which some of us did with hammers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, so... <laughs> One of the, the directions that we can head to if we don't recognize our actual need is that we, we fill that with self righteousness.
1: Yeah, yeah, we fill that hole. Uh, just keep with that same example I gave, the two inch by two inch. If to any measure that self righteousness is a part of the equation, that hole, if you just again to keep the metaphor, shrinks. Mm-hmm. It becomes a one and a half inch by one and a half inch hole or a. One inch by one inch hole, and um, so self righteousness begins to plug that, which then means you're you're claiming a measure of your own righteousness. That's why the hole is getting smaller, which then means practically you get to enjoy less and less of the benefits of Christ's righteousness. Mm. Yeah. Um, in your attempt to rob God of His glory, mm-hmm. which means then you also like part of those benefits would be joy of mm-hmm. walking in freedom.
0: The fruits of the Spirit.
1: Yep. True peace. Um, Actual life change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actual growth and sanctification. You'd miss that. So I I have this example. Now, uh, at least kind of a a flow here. You have to plug in your own sin. But imagine that you just sinned, like legitimately. What happens is that creates brokenness in, in your life. It could be brokenness relationally between you and God, you and others, uh, your flesh and your spirit, and brokenness in the midst of that, uh, your emotions, so on and so forth. And then from there, you turn to some sort of like self-righteousness to deal with it. So maybe you turn to, um, well, if I just do good enough to cover over it. Or maybe you turn to just hiding from it, which is just another form of self-righteousness. Like When you try to escape from your sin... It's just it's just self-righteousness and saying, A, I don't have to deal with it. A, I can deal with it by just hiding from it. It's Saul running. Yeah, it's just another expression of self-righteousness. Don't call it something else. Don't call it just struggling or whatever. It's, it's further sin. And, and then in that spot where uh, Christ is to be the only fitting person or the only fitting resolution or solution, you've placed those things into that hole just very practically you've you've put garbage in that hole Mm -hmm. now the reality is that now because there's garbage in that hole there's no room practically for repentance and faith Mm -hmm. because it's only like if if christ fits into that hole and we've made the room there and not tried to plug it with something else then that means I'm practically going to turn to Christ, which means I'm going to turn to repentance and faith. But if the hole's been fit with something else, then Christ is no longer fitting. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. What, what's happened there is when you choose to insert self-righteousness, you are also necessari- necessarily choosing to reject Christ. Mm-hmm. Practically. Yeah, And you and I do this probably multiple times every day. Mm-hmm. And... So this, this isn't rocket science. It's just, in that moment, I've sinned. Where do my thoughts go? Does it go to, hey, Christ is a fitting high priest to deal with my sin right now? So therefore, God help me, forgive me of this, help me to believe the right thing, help me now to walk rightly. Boom. That's done. Mm-hmm. Or do I try to put something else in that hole? And the moment you do that, A, you've got two things to repent for now. Yeah, you've got the original sin, and now your self righteousness and trying to deal with that sin. But now you do, you don't have the space. You you don't. You've not you've not said in your mind, "I'm going to turn to Jesus." You can't say in that moment, "Well, I'm going to turn to this self righteousness, and I'm going to turn to Jesus." Yeah, it's a one or the other.
0: You put Plato in the hole, it blocks the hole. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now the piece won't fit. So Christ. Christ is no longer fitting. Mm-hmm. Instead, the spot is left partially empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the question is, in that moment, are you going to go to Christ believing that he is fitting to that need? Mm-hmm. Are you going to self-justify, and self-righteousness, and so on?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this goes back to actually recognizing your own perception of your need. Right? Yeah. Because... <laughs> It, if you think that the Play-Doh will fit or that you can mold the Play-Doh into fit whatever it's supposed to be, it, it won't work. It's not the same. Yeah. So the challenge is, is people being a- able to actually recognize our need for Christ in, in every moment. Yeah.
1: You know, over the years, um, I've definitely received this critique, I, I know you have as well, that, that our preaching can sometimes be like just too negative. Um, and, and, and I certainly think there can be preaching that's too negative. Sure. Depending on what you mean by that. But what usually gets called too negative is preaching that seeks to thoroughly define our need. hmm And I hope from the sermon on Sunday, people understand why that's important. Because <laughs> that's half of the formula... For rightful worship, it's necessary, and the other half of it is the need meeting ability of Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. the other half, of which is always preached as well. So we don't we don't leave that portion out. What happens is is people only hear because they stop listening at the need meeting portion or the the need portion rather that you need Jesus because of A, B, and C, and then they. At that point, they, they'd stop listening. Mm-hmm. When, hey, now we've got to the need-meeting ability of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for some reason, that doesn't... Why not?
0: Well, because you have blown up the fact that they thought that they already had need A
1: filled. I think that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Because, because I think for some people, they don't remotely recognize their need for Christ. And when you start to, like, press in on that, now all of a sudden you're really insulting them. Mm -hmm. And they've got to find some way to deal with that tension. So you can deal with that tension by going to Christ and going, he fits the hole that the pastor just exposed. Mm -hmm. Or you can go, shame on the pastor for exposing my hole.
0: Shame on the pastor for exposing my poor (laughs) Play-Doh.
1: That's right. Trying to shove the wrong thing in the hole. Mm -hmm. So... You know, So I I think there are legitimately people in our church, I certainly all of us don't know the full extent of our need, but I think there are exceptional examples of people, even in our congregation, that don't have even remotely uh, uh, the correct perception. <laughs> they're
0: the kid with the star trying to push it into the plus sign.
1: The, yes, they are.
0: And we're just saying, that won't work. I <laughs> yes. love you. I'm for you. That won't work.
1: <laughs> would you rather just let you keep working on that for the next five hours? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, and and these people are oftentimes people that don't search the scriptures well. They don't actively and continually repent of sin. They aren't leading their children to truly repent and follow Jesus. Why? Why would this happen? Because the spot for Christ is plugged with their sense of righteousness, self-righteousness. That's the only two options. It's Mm -hmm. either you fill the hole with Christ's righteousness or it gets filled with self-righteousness. That's it. And so my point is is that the self-righteous person who's filling the hole with self-righteousness is someone who's not going to search the scriptures well. They're not going to be actively repenting and continuing to repent of sin. They're not going to be leading their children and the other people around them to truly follow Jesus. Why? Because the hole's filled. And, and listen, I just want to encourage some of our people. Some of you are married to people like this. Mm. And, and I and I want to encourage you to have the courage to call them to repentance. Mm-hmm. Have the courage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know. I know. I'll get the couch ready for you out in my barn so that when you need a place to sleep. The nights are getting warmer. The nights are getting warmer. You know, I've got cats and chickens and I've got a litter of cats actually right now. You can you can even take one home with you <laughs> when your spouse finally uh repents.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they will keep you warm.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a problem. They don't search them in the scriptures because, as far as they're concerned, they're the word. They don't can actively, continually repent of sin because they're the way, the truth. I'm leading I just, their children to follow Jesus because they're the King.
1: Yes, I've I've used this uh, same principle in the realm of wisdom. Why does? And I know I'm getting off track here, but why does uh, pride and foolishness necessarily go together? Because pride says. I already have what I need in the hole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it necessarily closes off the mind to hearing wisdom yeah, or to hearing further wisdom. Mm-hmm. So that's why, because you've already plugged the hole with yeah. what you thought is sufficient. But humility says, there's a hole in my wisdom and I need to fill that. So it opens the mind up. It opens the heart up. It opens... The emotions up even to hear it.
0: Well, what's crazy is that when it is actually filled by Christ, it does lead to those very same things. It leads to freedom. Yeah. To a uh, an appropriate aloofness because the need is met. Yeah. That freedom that you talked about running with later when you said, Why are you so worried about being accepted by the world? Because you've already got your need filled. Yeah. Right? Appropriately. it's right. Why don't yeah. you trust the scale because you've already got your need filled appropriately? hmm. And so the personal pride yeah gives a tinge of that but it leads to more foolishness mm-hmm. but when it is appropriately filled it does in fact lead to those things so and those things should keep you from being nervous and anxious about that redemption we can actually work that out
1: yeah yeah it i wanted to say this to you, to my self-righteous perfectionistic friends <laughs> which there are definitely a few really close to me um, but they're not the only ones uh, first of all, I want to say, I love you, but I don't understand. <laughs> like, uh, And I say, with all the love in the world, I, I, just, I have my own sins I struggle with, certainly. Um, uh, Perfectionism is not one of them. Uh, but Jesus understands it. And I just wanted to encourage you, because I, I think they tend to fill that hole very quickly and try to fill that, and they're very nervous and anxious. And the reason they're nervous and anxious is because the stuff they've put in the hole is garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels weak and pathetic to you because it is. Because it is. Um, but then you're also, I think, maybe the reason why you don't turn quicker to Jesus is maybe you're nervous and anxious about his ability to uh, to deal with your need, to deal with... Because cause I know there's a sense with people who struggle with these particular sins that like, why, why would Jesus do that? Mm-hmm. Um, why would he pay for that? And so I think you got a couple with his need meeting ability, which includes his love for you. Yeah. Like you, uh, he, uh, he, the, the need meeting ability of, of him um, is, ha- would have no application to us or would really mean nothing to us. If he didn't also love to do that, mm-hmm. and was willing to do that, uh, that was just part of the point. That was
0: kind of one of my critiques from our conference this past weekend. I agree with everything that they're saying, but one of the questions came up of, like, how do we actually speak into people? How do we actually speak plainly, uh, even when we know that we won't be heard? And one of the driving points under it is because we love them. Yeah, <laughs> Like we're not. We might be provoking to speak plainly, but because we love. Yeah. Right, it it is love doesn't mean soft, yeah. Uh, and in our age of uh, of an effeminate church, uh, not that effeminacy is bad, but it is when it's supposed to be masculine, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we push against for our men. Is that love is is not mean soft. Uh, it, it can mean gentle. It can mean meek. All of these things, but it doesn't have to mean soft. That's and right. so the the hard push for righteousness, the hard push for meeting this need is done because he loves you. Yeah. And so he will cover these things because he loves you. Yeah, that's right. It brings some joy to do that. And and I mean, your point on Sunday of like, why are we so worried about being accepted by the world? Um, is not something I, I think I generally struggle with because probably not for a good reason. I just don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I am increasingly leaning into the fact because I've got my Jesus, you know, uh, to the point of my sabbatical two years ago, is that a promise is a promise. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been claimed, I've been bought by someone else. And so was our only hope in life and death, that we're not our own, but we belong mm-hmm. to God. Uh, I Whether I live, I live by God. Or whether I die, I die by God. And so when it comes to being anxious about redemption, looking for feeling like the wrath is paid, looking for feeling like you deserve to be saved, looking for feeling... Like you should have some hand in redemption, and none of that works. It can't. Yeah. You were dead. <laughs> dead yeah. Your trespasses and sins. Now you've been bought with a price, and so that seals the deal. That that covers the whole scale. You don't have to worry about being accepted by the world.
1: Yeah, that's right. I. Yeah, you know, I, I want to just inject here. It's kind of a narrative level uh, point. Um meaning versus what are we doing in the journey versus how we're journeying. Mm -hmm. This is a how we're journeying uh, point. And that is you can choose to believe that Jesus has met that need. Mm -hmm. You can choose that. Our world tells us uh, that you and I can't choose. We can only feel. And we have no control over our feelings. But you can choose. Now, you might have to continue to choose, <laughs> and you might have to, as I have said, tell your feelings to go to hell and get in line, but you can choose.
0: Yeah, you, you talk about this on Sunday. I put this in a separate podcast blog thing for me, but, like, jump in the pool. Like, <laughs> You can choose to jump in the pool. Well, my kids this past summer we were in swim team. Some of them were scared at different points, but you jump in the pool you just trust him like yeah. the challenge is that we tell ourselves that we have to spend a whole season thinking through this feeling it out searching the scriptures and it just says jump trust yeah. him do it now yeah you can choose to do that yeah
1: absolutely absolutely
0: um so moving a little bit forward when we talk into the last point i think it is um is it fitting to you? You said, who do you have in your life that reminds you that you have a fitting high priest? One of the dangers is that some people in our church, um, some of us are not maybe even filling that role too, but some people in our church don't have someone who can tell you he is fitting, and I think
1: some of the rest of us neglect to service that role to, (laughs) to be
0: that person to some other people.
1: Yeah. I mean, someone might need to go to another person and say, hey, you don't have anyone in your life that is telling you that Christ is fitting Mm -hmm. because you've put yourself up in a castle and shut the doors where no one can touch you. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully if you're hearing that, uh, and let's assume it's true, you should repent and hear that.
0: Well, if you're going to be the person to go say that to someone, you should Google the Hindenburg first because that's what you're getting ready to witness. (laughs) So just prepare
1: yourself. (laughs) Uh, I might have to go google that so sorry <laughs> I'm so, not kidding it's for your edification there you go there you go yeah I you do you have someone who is able to tell you that Christ is fitting and I hit that from both angles but what I want to do is I don't want to rehash that what I want to do is just take the moment to say like pastorally to our congregation I have specific names in mind. Now, everyone get nervous. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm I'm not going to say those names. That's for the after hours. (laughs) You can pay to hear those. (laughs) No. Find out if you made the bad dean's list. Uh, So I made the statement uh, you know, if there never is an act of exhortation fitting to you, then Christ as your high priest never was and never will be fitting to you. Um, something that really bothers me, and this happens almost on a weekly basis, <laughs> is when someone amends something that I say or head nods in agreement or, you know, in other various uh, ways affirms what I'm saying. And I know for a fact, because I'm their pastor, <laughs> that they don't realize that they don't actually get it. Yeah, you can so actually either, see your point
0: just fly right over their head.
1: Yeah, so they either don't understand what I'm saying or they don't think that it is meant to punch them right in the gut. Mm-hmm. And it, it genuinely breaks my heart. Um each week and I try to find ways to to let them know, you know, appropriately and with graciousness and tenderness and sometimes forthrightness and and such, <laughs> but um i'm i'm hoping you're going to do the hard work of listening well with humble hearts and yeah so back to the the point hebrews is saying to the listeners to the readers he's fitting and and if we take it into the broader context he's he's saying don't turn back to this self-righteousness of the uh, exercise in the old covenant, and this mishandling. Don't don't turn back to that. He's saying Christ is fitting, mm-hmm. and and what a grace it is to have someone. Whether it is I recognize my sinfulness and I don't, I'm not grasping the hopefulness, or if it's I don't recognize my sinfulness and I need to. Regardless of where you're at on that spectrum, to have someone to say to you, Christ is fitting. You have a fitting high priest. You don't need to run to anything else. Yeah. That's a grace. And I don't know why people would want to live life without that. And yet I see them faces staring at me yeah, every Sunday.
0: Yeah, there's two Proverbs that I uh, thought of when you were mentioning this part. Uh, Proverbs thirteen sixteen says, Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. This is the one saying amen. Yes, yeah. they don't get it. Uh And are not putting it into practice. And then Proverbs 14.8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. And So their own folly deceives them, (laughs) which is just like inception, but of the stupid kind. (laughs) Like levels of stupid continue to deceive you. And that's, that's a scary place to be to the point, even of inception, if I can push that forward, like... The movie ends and the thing is still spinning. Does it fall or not? Is this the dream world or not? How do you know where you are? It's yeah. a scary place to be. So how do you know? You need to...
1: I would say a, the habits of grace. You need Very a totem. Simply. <laughs> Very simply. Yeah. Be in the Word, truly in the Word, prayerful, mm-hmm. and good community. Yep. That's where you need. And, and, and beg the Lord to give you a humble estimation of yourself, mm-hmm. a.k.a. To, to be humble. Yeah. To help you. So then I was thinking uh, to move on to our, our last item here. When, when someone meets a need. So what I'm trying to get into here is like competing needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because that, that's really the reality we live in is we have lots of needs. Some rightly perceived, meaning it is actually a need uh, and not just a want. But then sometimes rightly perceived in that way, but wrongly perceived in just how bad we need that need. Oh, sure. And I I think one of the greatest schemes of Satan is to get us distracted, probably for many of us, with legitimate needs. Maybe not all of them. But get us distracted with legitimate needs, with the people around us in order to distract us from our greatest need Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's been met. So...
0: So actually appropriating that which you should already have. Yeah. 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 I just want to name it that way because we've we've used that language in the past for something. Mm. Then I think it's pertinent.
1: (laughs) So let me give an example. So for all my affirmation, fear of man, friends. Uh, And hopefully you can do the hard work. Others can do the hard work of finding an example that applies to them. (laughs) Because I'm not going to give 15 examples here. Uh, From affirmation, fear of of man, people. You should value what other people say and you were designed to need community, encouragement, exhortations, etc. Now that's all... You know, it depends on who says it and if they're being godly or walking in the spirit, if it's according to the word. I mean, there's lots of caveats there. But in general, you should value what other people say, even about you, and you're designed to need community encouragement, exhortations, admonishments, etc. However, if you spend all of your time or too much of your time, if I can dial back the hyperbole here, <laughs> considering how much you need that person or or those people's Words of encouragement, then I, I'm just I mean, you know me, Russ, I'm just a practical person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking just minutes on a clock. Yeah, yeah. The more time you spend thinking about that, you have limited mental time, limited uh mental space, uh emotional space, uh, ability to process life. The more time you spend on that, the less time you have to give to considering and pondering your biggest need. And in turn, the consequence of that, then is less time considering and pondering and thinking about and loving and emoting about the one who met that need. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my, my encouragement to you. Like and so how 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 do you combat this? My encouragement would be to start your day or focus your day considering more your greatest need and Christ's meeting of that need and let all of the other needs fit in and in and around that thought. Yeah, that's why your
0: second point was so important. His work was fitting. Like Yes. It's done. Um, that's the point of the sacrifices being done. Yeah. Yeah, to, to rephrase your point a little bit, it's not just um, that if other people don't do it to me. Like, what if someone didn't encourage me for the rest of my life? What is my Christian walk still supposed to look like? Yeah. One that's encouraged. Absolutely. Why? Because I have all the encouragement I need in Christ. Yes. That's what the gospel is. That's what we mean about appropriating this thing that you already have. Yes. That that it, Notice that that's not the cross. That's not the resurrection explicitly stated, right? But that's the gospel. You have all that you need in Christ. Yes. <laughs> so that, that's that's why we push this so hard, right? Because the flip side to this and, and what I do when people sin against me or when I sin myself is to say, how did I treat? This is particularly helpful, I think, when other people sin against me. Is to say, how did I do that same thing that they did to me? How do I do that to How did I do that to Jesus? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not fantastic about worshiping Christ appropriately, right? Giving him the encouragement, admiration, adornment, right? All those things that I want, I'm not really great at giving that to him all the time. So, what does he do when I fail to do that? He rests in the love of his Father. Yes, <laughs> right, yep. absolutely. So I can do the same thing. I can rest in His love for me, even though this person isn't encouraging me the way that they are required to, as Romans mm-hmm. would tell me, um, or that they're maybe doing something to the negative, they're sinning against me. So that, that that's how you apply the gospel. Like yeah. that's what we're pushing for all yeah. the time.
1: Yeah, man, I, I see this, in it's obviously true in my own life, and, and but I just see this so much in pastoring where people get so worked up. About a need, and even a maybe a legitimate need, mm-hmm. but it's just blown way out of proportion.
0: Yeah, but all tip, people typically hear is us trying to illegitimize their need, and we're not doing that.
1: No, I'm just trying to say like it's you're already filled over here, like a two year old. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I didn't get fed. Well, that's because your food's on the plate on the table. Go yeah, there. You
1: left it there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to say like I say this, you know. Uh, to my younger two children, particularly right now, and I don't have to say this as much to my other three because I've been saying this to them for a long time, but the younger two still trying to get it, and that is, listen, I I hear you, at least I'm trying to through your whining, that that's your problem, but you don't need to whine about it, and it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. It's a deal, but it's not that big of a deal. Why? Because I love you. Mm -hmm. Because I'm fighting for you. Because I'm in your corner. Because I want what's good for you. All of these promises I've made to be your father Mm -hmm. and to cherish you and to love you and to care for you. Those are things, you know, so, so you needed that. You're born into this world needing all of those things from me. I have promised to give them to you. So if that's enough for you, then understand that this thing that you're freaking out about is not is it's going to be okay. Yeah. The 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 reason that you're freaking out is not because the need is so great. It's because you don't f- you. It's because you fear whether or not I or we can handle it.
0: hmm
1: And and that's how we treat the father. hmm uh, We're freaking out about these other needs because we we we've lost sight of the fact that if he can meet the greatest need of all of his children at one time in the face and the life and the righteousness and the death of his son, Jesus Christ, then he can surely deal with this need that I have right now. Yeah. As, as big of a deal as it might be because it's never going to be anywhere near as big of a deal as your need for Christ's righteousness mm-hmm. and His propitiation on the cross.
0: Yep. Back to the pool analogy. Like I'm not telling you that you that drowning's not dangerous or that you won't die if you drown. I'm saying I'll catch you. Yeah. <laughs> Just jump. Yeah. It'll be all right. uh, It'll be okay. It'll I, be. I will fill the need that you have to prevent you from drowning. Yep. It's a real it's a real problem, drowning. You know that's a thing. Um, not going to happen right now. So jump. Okay. In fact, if you don't jump wholeheartedly, you might slip and crack your head on the pavement behind you. So, (laughs) that's a whole other thing. Do it for real.
1: That's right. That's right. So I've done that with my kids, except jump off the roof. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean. So yeah, that was like a year ago. I have Henry. They put a toy up on my back barn at my old house, and I like lift him up onto there. Uh, I know, yeah. I know, it's hard to believe. I'm so short. How could Matt lift someone up on a roof? Christ
0: the Lord does not condone putting <laughs> children on roofs.
1: I put him up on a roof. I didn't hang him off a balcony. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on. And then when it was time for him to get down, he's Ooh. like, Dad, get the ladder. I said, No, you're gonna have to jump. No, you're gonna have to jump. So anyways, not part go. of the deal, Dad. Yeah. I catch you.
0: He's scrawny. I will catch you. It's a little bit farther fall down to your shorter dad, but you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, well, I hope that this has been super helpful. Would you mind closing with this Spurgeon quote that you read yesterday?
1: Yeah, so Spurgeon here is, is speaking in the context where where the uh, author of Hebrews says uh, that he once for all uh, when he offered up himself. Um, Spurgeon says, this is the nursery of brave spirits and the school in which true heroes are trained. None have been bolder for the truth and for the right and for the advancement of the ages and for the glory of God than those who have enshrined the blood red cross within their hearts and who have been prepared for love of it even to die. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, we love you guys. We want to encourage you to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord overall. We will see you next week. See you guys.